0: Welcome to the Popcorn Counter. We have just come out of watching uh, Jean, Jean Dillement. I still can't say the name properly. Jean Dillement.
1: Tell, tell me again. It's Jean Dillement. Jean Dillement. Yeah. 23 quai du commerce. 10, 80 bruchelles.
0: That's, I, uh, at least I'm here with somebody who knows how to say the name of the film. And we can confidently say um, this is the greatest film of all time. Did, did you think it was the greatest film of all time? Oui, mais bien sûr. <laughs> it feels like there's a there's a switch on the back of your head um uh, a little bit like uh, buzz light year in toy story which has flicked you into french mode now which is I, I mean it's, i i think i thought it was a great film yeah was it the greatest film of all time i don't know
1: no i think it's a very good film it's quite an achievement works from a real um solid premise and sticks with it so it's committed to itself um but i was telling you before i think Calling it the greatest film of all time is a disservice because I think um, people will go to look at it and then most people are going to give up on it 20 minutes in and then go out to slam it on uh, social media and it'll quickly become not the greatest film of all time. So it's a tough title, the greatest film of all time.
0: But is 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 there a greatest film of all time? I mean, you know, I think it's constantly changing. It depends on the context, doesn't it? it depends on the viewer. It depends on your personal experiences. It depends whether a film touches a nerve with
1: you or not. Precisely, yeah. And certainly, you know, there are always new films to see. So, what? Yep. Maybe yep. the greatest film of all time is coming out today. <laughs> Mission Impossible or
0: uh, Barbie. <laughs> Barbie. But I mean, we're not you now. These ideas of, of you know a list of the best films. Yeah. Is. Basically, it's you know it's promotional, isn't it? So the film industry, it's a it's a it's an industry, it's a business. Yeah. You know the reason that the Oscars um, you know come out because it's not necessarily about the best films, but it's a great promotional exercise to get people talking about recent films. You know and going to the cinema. You know when it's a quiet time of the year, isn't it? Yeah. Like you know in, in sort of February March or whatever. Um, you know the uh, the Palm Door. It's you know, it's an easy way to get films into the papers rather than you know it's easier to talk about film stars lining up on the. On the kind of the red carpet than it is to. to wait, wait a second! Is, what's happening in the front? What's happening outside your house? I think
1: someone just drove into the lobby here. <laughs> oh, it's a Chevrolet car. It's an advertisement. It's Chevrolet uh, advertising their new um, Montegro. Oh.
0: <laughs> see that? Well, they're filming Fast and the Furious Twelve you know, in your in your road right now.
1: Sorry, there's, <laughs> there's a no parking ban on the street right now, and it might lead to some insanity like that, but. Tom Tom Hanks drives a Chevrolet. <laughs> I mean, people don't do this with, I don't know, people do sort of do this with books or records,
0: don't they, or records, listen to Be Grandad, music or songs or whatever. So, you know, so there are kind of, there are awards, aren't there? And there are, um, you know, lists of 100 bests. What was it, Billboard publishing the 100 best album covers the other week? Yeah. So I was looking at that. And you kind of People love these 100 best lists, but, then, but it's rare that they tend to be definitive in the way that best film lists yeah. are the sight and sound top 100 list I mean, you know, it's a way to get people talking about sight and sound isn't
1: it i suppose yeah. but
0: they they do kind of claim to be definitive and it's always the same films that turn up isn't it
1: yeah it's, a, it's an interesting choice for them to have jean Dumont there though because again it might it might sully their reputation a little bit i don't know um i think it's a brave choice um, but I think I mean, you're absolutely right. This is all super subjective. So perhaps we should just stop this popcorn counter right now because <laughs> <laughs> just- your list is going to be different from my list. And I think you're right. It is, it's fodder for getting uh, the opportunity to release some new piece of uh, advertising or, or literature or magazine or get some eyes on other papers or whatnot or other websites. So um, it's a dangerous game. It's a slippery, slippery slope
0: but we like we like slippery
1: things We did, yeah, yeah. I did,
0: I know I knew, I knew we were going to talk about this. So second, I, in my pocket. I I did write down my top 10 films. Um so I ca- so I came up with a list. Okay. Uh, and I couldn't quite do a top 10, so I ended up doing a top 8. Ooh. Uh, but there are 19 films in the top 8. <laughs> Three of them are rolled together into the into one entry. Okay. So it's, so it's 17. So my top 10 yeah. is only a top 8, but there are 17
1: films in it. That's great. That's brilliant. I don't, you know, that's the kind of like allowance you should give yourself. You shouldn't just hold yourself to 10. I started with five. I added five more. I have 10. I followed the rules.
0: You followed the rules. How boring.
1: We were talking about how this is always changing. I could, in two minutes, I could come up with 10 different films entirely. So it's a little bit, a little bit just off the cuff. And I could talk about films that I really like for one reason or another. What do we do next? though? do we just list her ten films?
0: I, I think I think we should shout them out in rapid succession, uh, and then come back okay. because so yeah. Because I I always feel, I don't know whether you look at these top hundred lists in the same way that I do, but yeah. what I do is I immediately scroll to number one, oh. and then scroll backwards quickly. Okay, you know, and, and maybe pause like twice, but I certainly don't. I don't kind of enjoy a long, slow countdown, and yeah. I don't read the details of every entry. Huh. So do you, do, you want to, do you want to read out your, because you, you've, you've kind of, you've actually obeyed the rules, so maybe you should actually be allowed to go first. You, do you want to read
1: out your top ten? Okay, I'm going to read out my top ten. Two of them right. are familiar to the family because we I think, actually I think you know, two of them are the them. same. Yeah. But, okay. Yeah, current. Um, yep. Okay, good. And again, these could change in five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> North by Northwest. Oh, good. It's a Wonderful Life. Oh, right. Cinema Paradiso. Okay. Delicatessen. Oh. Fargo. Okay, yeah, I'll
0: get down with that.
1: The Seventh Seal. Oh, yes. Giant. Oh. Eight and a half. Okay. Pan's Labyrinth. Oh, okay. That's the Spanish part of you coming out. Yep. And I did one for each cone brother. The Big Lebowski. I don't know how I got two of those in there. I'm sorry about that. That was kind of a mistake. Oversight. I guess you get a, you know, the, the kind of, what, wrote and directed together, and then it's... Yeah, like, they made a bunch of good films. They made a bunch of good films. So I, that's a mistake on my part, but that's, again, that's what could happen within five minutes that could change. Okay. I think it's your turn.
0: Is that, is that your turn? Okay, my... Top 17. My top eight. Yep. Meaning 17, <laughs> yes. So I have put down... So you will hear some familiar... Yeah. Some familiar names. Good. Uh, Yeah, straight into number one with the bullet. And Vertigo. Yeah. Citizen Kane. Oh yeah, sorry. it's a stereotype, but I'm sorry. No. The Rise to Power of Louis XIV by Roberto Rossellini. Oh, which is slow cinema, yeah. difficult to like, uh, but but I found very moving. Then Lost Highway. Ooh, uh, Videodrome. Lame. Oh yeah. Uh, Two thousand and one, A Space Odyssey. Yeah. Uh, Raiders of the Lost
1: Ark. I think we saw that not so long ago
0: we did didn't we yeah, yeah. but we, we figured out I'd seen it many many more times than you yes um, The Ghost in the Shell <gasps> wait which one the one that we reviewed yeah the one that we reviewed I love that
1: film okay oh good good good
0: <gasps> uh, Aliens although yeah. I, I I partly love that because I sneaked in when I was too young to actually see it legally uh, well done um, so it has that free sound of excitement.
1: Did you say aliens or alien? Ali aliens. I'm going to put oh. down. You know,
0: Ooh. alien. I never saw it the cinema, but aliens I did. Is that
1: the one that uh, was that Jean Genet? Who who directed Aliens?
0: Uh, no, that's a James Cameron. Oh, that's the James Cameron one. Okay, great. Yeah. <gasps> um, obviously Avatar. No, not really. I'm joking. Um, <laughs> uh, Four hundred blows. Oh yeah, uh, My neighbor Totoro. Don't know that. My
1: neighbor.
0: <gasps> Which is uh, a Japanese animated film. Oh, good. Uh, from Studio Ghibli. Uh, the Seventh Seal. Yeah. Uh, I've, got, I've got your back, bro. Uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, yeah. But haven't seen that for a long time, though. And I'm worried it would be a bit White Savior-ish if I watched it now. Yes. Mad Max Fury Road. Ooh. Uh, you know, greatest action film of the 21st century. And then um, I have uh, Die Hard. Wow, which is such great fun toy story three Ooh. that was a difficult and then three movies rolled together three disney princesses that walk hand in hand in my mind frozen moana and zootopia three female dead animations which i think are a great trilogy um a great triad of disney animation and i have seen those three probably more added together than all of the other films uh because they're Disney films, and we watched a lot of them, but yeah. I still think they are terrific, terrific work. I, so we both get a representation from Hitchcock, yes, but yes. different ones. Yep. Um, you haven't got a Kubrick on your list. I do not. Uh, but you have two
1: Coen Brothers films. I do. Uh, mm. And I have Lamentation. Should have saved space for someone else. Mm. But do you... Th- How
0: many of your films are non-English language films? Uh... D. Ah.
1: five. Ah, ah, five. Oh, I've only got four. You win. Uh-huh. That's interesting. Half the list. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you've got a you've got great animation representation. That's yeah, partly because you know, when you live in a a household with small children for
0: a few years, yeah. you watch a lot of animation. <laughs> but I do th- I think animation at the moment is is um you know, where a lot of the smart people are working, aren't they?
1: Yeah. Um, and, the, yeah, you've got more films that are appropriate for children, which is great. I don't think any of my films are really appropriate for children. <laughs> <laughs> They're not bad. They're not bad. Um, Pan's Labyrinth in a really dark way is kind of that. But, um, yeah, it's, it's interesting we both have Seventh Seal because that's a film that I've, you know, I've seen many times now at different stages in my life, and I finally, finally got it when we, we worked on that. was that last... Mm-hmm. Wintertime, something. I think we talked about that maybe January or February, or something that was perfect. That might have been last year, actually. Yeah, I think it was, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Oh, because it was for the, the the Northmen. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely last year. So it was about a year ago. Um, and both have Hitchcock. Vertigo is a fantastic film. I agree with you. Um, I love North by Northwest in the sense that um it just doesn't stop. It's really just move. That film moves so well. It's very watchable. Cary Grant's great. It's got all the espionage and all the. The landmark stuff, and uh, just love that films. And that just the last few seconds give you so much information. It's uh, wonderful. Do you think any of your choices are
0: affected by the circumstances where you watched the film? Um, yeah. for for a brief For a brief while, I was like a film reviewer for a website. Yeah. And so, and they would kind of and our sort of remix was with so that we would do kind of all the stuff that you wouldn't find at the local Odeon, basically anything which was either kind of foreign language or art house or minority or yeah. Um, you know stuff which was not super super mainstream um, and uh, but I would still go to the same screenings as the all the kind of you know the big proper reviewers and so you know the reviewers from the newspapers and the TV would be in the same little kind of screening room in Soho but um, the, the distributors uh, really knew what they were doing because they would always try and butter you up before the screening mm. so so, you know, they would give you some really, really nice coffee and they'd give you snacks and a bit of a chat and oh, they'd have yes. some, you know, nice people who would smile and say hello and, you know, give you a little bit of information about the film. Yeah. Um, I remember watching, uh, there was a documentary about Glastonbury where they gave everybody these big pots of ice cream uh, just before the, the, the kind of the, the showing. And, you know, these little circumstances, having you know, a nice coffee and a chat and a bun and an ice cream, really affects you view the film the fact that you're sitting in an extremely comfortable chair in a very comfortable air-conditioned room you know and the, the sound and the picture is absolutely perfect um all of this i think you know gives you this positive mindset yeah and i think that is part of the game of bumping up the ratings of films and i know with some of these films the way that i watched them or the place where i watched them or the people that i watched them with are mm. part of what put them in my top 17 yeah um and not always necessarily because i Uh, watch them in pleasant surroundings um videodrome uh i remember i first saw that on a tiny black and white 11 inch screen in the encore room uh in the hospital in Hemel Hempstead, where i had this is the only time in my whole career where i did a 72 hour on call so i've been there for all of friday all of saturday all of sunday and i was looking forward to going home on on monday morning uh and on the saturday night it was quiet enough on the ward that my little on-call room which was like a side room on the care of the elderly ward um i had like you know two hours free when the bleep didn't go off and no one called me and no one knocked on the door and no one asked me to come in and do any jobs on the on the ward and so i watched videodrome on this kind of quite grainy black and white television yeah. but I was already kind of institutionalised and my brain was already kind of scrambled by not really sleeping properly for two nights yeah. and, and uh, sort of running up and down the corridors all the time and you know, part of that sort of weird brain disturbance transferred itself into my enjoyment of the
1: yeah. film yeah.
0: Uh, so the film really imprinted itself very deeply on my brain but in no small part because I was kind of brain addled when I watched it before the film even started <laughs> Yeah, I think you know that is part of what transports a film into your top 10, isn't it? In the same way that Aliens, my friend and I, we snuck in to see it. Yeah. And you managed to, you know, it was, you know, the certificate was 18 or something out like in this country. There's no way we were old enough to go and see it. Um, but we managed to blag a ticket and got in. And that was a large part of the excitement of seeing the film. Sure. Knowing that we weren't really supposed to be there.
1: Well, I think um, for me, the two films that stand out with some sort of strong association, I think are... Um Cinema Paradiso, which is really a film about film and then Delicatessen, because I saw those both when I was in I was an undergrad, so I was living in Montreal. And I think my sister told me to go see Cinema Paradiso, and she was absolutely right. I just love that film. It's about film, but it's also very much about uh growing up and and life. And I think at this point in my life I was starting to sort of toy with little scripts and things like that. And mm. I thought, oh wow, filmmaking could be kind of cool. Um, and then not long after that, I think Delicatessen comes out maybe a year later, 91 or 92 maybe. Um, and I'm still there and I just saw that film and I thought, that's kind of the cinema that I really want to do, this sort of absurd black comedy. Um, so the, I, I will always pair those two films and they'll always probably pop up on one of my all-time lists. Just because of that, it was it was then that I think I was starting to form this filmmaker mentality and this mind for cinema. Um, and I started looking at films differently around that time as well. And just started, um, really just ravenously seeing as much as I possibly could. And I think it was because those films just stood out as like gold standards for me. Um, and kind of inspired me to start writing more seriously in scripts. And it took a little while to get to the point where I actually wrote a script, but I think those are two films that really kicked off that part of my life.
0: That delicatessen story explains a lot, actually. Because the first script of yours that I read was mm. that, like you know, that kind of a, you know, amazing surreal script about like kind of like sperm donors and genetic engineering and like all sorts of like really really crazy stuff going on in that script. And now I understand. Oh yeah, yes. right. Yeah. So there's a kind of there is an element of that kind of surreal chaos from. Delicatessen. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. In that script, what was that called
1: again? What was that script It's called Some of the Parts, and it's sort of a... Right, re- yes. Frankenstein in reverse, where uh, the founder of a sort of like a... Oh, it's kind of like a men's club or a lodge. Um, ends up being put back together after he dies, yeah. And it's f- focused on a lobstering community here in Maine, so... Um, and you helped me a lot on that one, too, because I, I had medical questions. I remember sitting down and asking you about artificial penises. <laughs> how do i get another well, yeah st- <laughs> i <knew> an <laughs>
0: awful lot about that yes i'll be your expert there yes
1: <laughs> uh no you, you helped me with the word mic i think it was a micro mesh also we were looking at i was looking at cellular structure i had a lot of sciencey questions and
0: oh yes Pro- protein micro mesh i it. remember <laughs> now yes let's bring it that was that's that was my yeah my one two word credit on that entire script yes <laughs> oh. um do you imagine that if we would have this same conversation in 10 years yeah. Um, there will be any different l- films on your list because I noticed looking at my list. Mm. I think the most recent of them, I think, is probably Mad Max, and that was at least ten years old now.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I'm not sure that anything new has has snuck into my list in the last ten years, and I'm a little bit worried that nothing new will sneak into it in the next yeah. ten years. How fluid do you think your list is?
1: Um. I hope it's a bit more fluid, because I think Pan's Labyrinth is probably 2008 or something like that, and that's my most recent film, so I'm 15 years out. Um, I don't know, I mean, cinema, cinema is sort of like the word for things that are classic for long term, like, um, you know, whoa, what's happening at your place now? (laughs) I mean, if you hold that
0: thought, I'm going to quickly open the door. Okay. (laughs)
1: This would be an advertisement for dog biscuits or doorbells, I suppose. Oof. So we have...
0: We have... Oh, wait a second. Oh, man, this is going terribly wrong now. I've even unplugged the microphone. No, no. Here we go. We have... um, Oh, hello, are you still there?
1: I am. I've been here the whole time. Good, right. Sorry about that. Oh, how very unprofessional. Oh, my God. not Um, just me. The entire Two Real Cinema Club audience is here. (laughs) For you. <laughs> we have
0: Phoebe staying with us at the moment, who is uh, who is a neighbor's dog. Who um, is like Kiki's best friend, but she loves to rough. Oh. She uh, she's uh, pretty happy to express herself vocally. Um, she needs a uh, she needs a Purina dog biscuit. She needs uh, I think she needs um, so I don't know what she needs. If we figured out what she needed, we would have given it to her by <laughs> now and stopped her roughing. But no, I think what she needs is any excuse to rough, and she's got that right now. Um, uh, I probably was making some extremely salient, clever, intelligent point a moment ago, and I
1: have no idea what it was. You were talking about the fluidity of these lists, and I was saying, yeah, I was right. talking about cinema, actually. I I forget who came to us and talked to us about this, but like, um, first it's a movie, and then if it's a really good movie, we call it a film, <laughs> and then if it's still a good movie, 25, 30, 40 years later, it's cinema. Ah, uh. I don't know if that means anything. I just remember someone lectured at that at us when we were in school, um, and I think you know there's certainly a point there. Like, the really like universal stories that are really well told kind of become cinema, and they're always going to be on this list, I think. And then it's it's hard to judge films. I think for a little while, I think you need like ten years before it's really settled in. You know how how rev- relevant was it at the time, and how relevant is it going forward? I think those are good questions. Because um, the ones that are on the list sort of are are about something. I think ultimately some of them maybe not. Yeah. But um, it has to have you know some sort of foothold on universal culture. Really, if it's going to be the uh, on a top ten list that's international anyway. But uh, it has to have a place and hold that place in culture.
0: I have two worries about our our lists here. One yeah. is that. Um... In the same way that as you get older, you get to a certain age, a certain moment in your life when you wake up and you stop listening to new music. And suddenly you realize that all your playlists are just things you listened to before or when you were younger. Um, And I hope the same thing isn't true with cinema. And I'm slightly worried looking at my list that I may be experiencing the same phenomenon. Um, But the other thing that worries me maybe even more, uh, and maybe we've talked about this before, is this notion that um, there are still people making jazz Records, jazz albums these days, mm-hmm. but but there's no Joel Col- John Coltrane, is that there? There's no Miles yeah. Davis, yep. um, you know. And there are still people writing you know, classical symphonies, but you know nobody really listens to them or buys them anymore. Yeah. Um, and in the same way, you know, maybe people are still making films, but the great golden age of cinema mm-hmm. with a capital C yeah. is now in the past. And those young people who are the brightest and the cleverest with the sparkiest ideas and the greatest hunger to innovate. Don't go into the film industry anymore. In fact, given many recent events, there are lots of reasons why bright, sparky young people would give the cinema industry a wide berth, frankly. Yeah. I'm not sure I recommend any young people I know to go into the film industry, but... Um, Maybe the cleverest and the brightest will now go and do you know, other things. They will make video games yeah. or they will make podcasts ha or they will do some <laughs> other thing, um, which is the new medium, you know, TikTok videos. And then uh, cinema will become something that, that uh, has a long life, but it's a life that consists of you know, a, a classic, um, an oeuvre, classic oeuvre. Yeah. Um, and not a constantly renewing, um, vibrant life art form. Oh, I don't know. It's a bit depressing, isn't it? I don't know if I want to say that or not. No, people are still making good films. I, I think. I think when I proposed this idea to you most recently, you yeah. said
1: people are still making great films. The problem is that we aren't seeing any of them. Yeah, I think that is it. I think it's it's funny though because there's so many things being made right now. You'd think there'd be things that we could easily point to that are real classics, instant classics, and great films right away. But it, it, it takes a little while, and yet yeah, it, sometimes it takes a little while for things to. Get get noticed or re re noticed? I guess you think of Jean Dilmont for example. I mean, now that it's yeah, on that it's list, people are looking at it again um, and seeing what a good film it is. So I, it's it's forty eight years old, isn't it? And now suddenly getting recognition. Yeah. So it's uh I don't know. I mean I I I I understand your point about the music. It's like I still listen to music from that's for the most part no, at least thirty years old, at least twenty years old now. <laughs> Um, but you know, music you encounter a little differently Because you, you you can have it on all the time You're going to re-listen to things More than you would re-watch a film There, there aren't too many films that I re-watch um, So I think you've got a good point there In the sense that you hit a certain age And you just are worried about other things Or you're focused on other things And, and maybe not as likely Or inclined to check out new things And, and new music I think that's sort of just a natural development In the human character Um but I, yeah, I do. I do hope. I mean, I can't really name a lot of directors. I mean, I, th- I was thinking about, um, you know, Wes Anderson should sort of be on this list somewhere. I mean, he would think that he's like a real auteur and he's got a real style. And I could not put any one of his films on on a top ten list. Um, so right. I think yeah, it's it's a matter of I think for me, you know, I'm not really a blockbuster or mainstream film fan. So I'm and it, so it's even harder for me because you have to really dig pretty deep into the streaming. Um, to find uh, independent films. I mean, I guess they're coming out. I think they're starting to be co-opted. I don't know if independent cinema really lives or exists anymore in that way. But I mean, that's that's where I would look. And I think it's a little harder to find that. And then given that I'm older and less inclined to go searching, I think it's, it's very hard for me to point to people that I really respect and really want to see every one of their films as they come out at this point. Uh, curatorship, that's what we need. Curatorship, damn it. Yeah. Well, if we keep talking like this, the film that we're about to go see is already probably a classic. Because we've, talking, 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 talking <laughs> we've been
0: talking about it so long ago now. Yeah, exactly. It's turned into cinema already. You're right. Yeah, let's get, let's get
1: a popcorn and go see a film. Okay, it's starting to sound like the golden age of podcasting. <laughs> That's coming up next to that. The young people really it. Start getting nostalgic for podcasts. <laughs> <laughs>